Welcome to Lacrosse Classified on the LAX All-Stars Podcast Network. Your home for the latest news from the National Lacrosse League and Indoor Lacrosse. Now, let's talk some lacrosse with your hosts, Jake Elliott and Evan Schemenauer. What's going on, lacrosse fans? It's Lacrosse Classified. It's Tuesday, and you got it right here on the Lacrosse All-Stars Podcast Network. This is episode number 58. My name is Jake Elliott, and I'm also joined by my co-host in Saskatoon, Freezing Saskatoon, I might add. It's Evan Scheminauer. Evan, let's get you in right off the top. Uh, welcome back. Episode 58. we got a great show coming at you here. Number 98 from your New England Black Wolves, the man they call Showtime. Callum Crawford will join us. Uh, lots to talk about with, with Callum. And then from the Vancouver Warriors, Keegan Ball. First timer on Lacrosse Classified will join us a little bit later on. Evan, uh, welcome back. Looking forward to this program. Crawford, Ball, who we had, who you got. Uh, Somebody did a little bit better than somebody else this week. Things are going well. I just uh, got myself out of the gym, as I always do here on a Monday, Evan, and the scale today read exactly 300.0 pounds as i strive for 299 i can't get any closer man uh but i'm fired up here for lux class today what's going on you didn't cut boxing weight just uh just to, to tip the scale a bit i tried i tried i didn't get there though i didn't get there i was thinking that today could be the day and maybe tomorrow will be the day well i was i was laughing when you arrived in saskatoon because it's minus 28. It's December. It's Saskatoon. What do you expect? And you are just complaining to uh, death as to how can anybody possibly survive in this stuff. Yeah, I, I mean, it's it's so different than, than what it is here. I mean, not even cold-wise, the kind of cold that it is. I, w- I went on uh, Lack Sportsnet uh, earlier today, and, and I described the cold there in Saskatoon like getting punched in the face with an icicle. That's that was my uh, that was my analogy. Well, we gotta just toughen you up a bit here. Yeah, you know. I suppose. I suppose. I need to <laughs> buy a coat. Is what I need to do. Have a way too easy. Yeah, gotta, you I, know. I need to buy a coat. Is what uh, what I need to do. All right, uh, quit stalling, Evan. It's time to get to who we had, and I know why you're stalling because uh, things didn't go very well for you in who we had in week three of the National Lacrosse League. Week four is a light one here. Uh, We'll talk about that a little bit later. But who we had coming up, and they are presented by Stampede Tech and Western Wear. More than just boots there at Stampede. They got Wrangler jeans. The deal, Evan, has been extended through December the 24th. Get 10 bucks off any men's or women's pair of Wrangler jeans when you shop online at stampede.ca. Pick up some. Still time to get your Wranglers before Christmas, Evan. Uh, in case you're not done your holiday shopping yet, I'm done months in advance. The fact that I picked up two tiny articles on Saturday was a shock. That mm. it took me that long. Speaking of picking up articles, I picked up a bunch of articles at the Rush Team Store 
over the weekend. Uh, all sorts of good. It's it's almost like it's a problem how much stuff that they have in there because you can't decide on what you want to walk out with. But I know what you want to walk out with. Did Daddy not get the memo as to what to buy you for Christmas yet? What's the that? tractor jersey? <laughs> yeah, it's. Uh, <laughs> I was looking at it. I was looking at it. Uh, We'll see. I I really like those fifth year anniversary jerseys too. So that's uh, it made my decision a little bit tougher. But we'll see. We'll see. Okay, who we had, Evan? Uh, week three of the National Lacrosse League took place just a couple of days ago. Started out with Philadelphia getting off uh, their schedule off and running here with their first game of the season. They had to go down to Georgia. Not an easy place to go play your first game of the year. Take on the Georgia Swarm, and as expected in this one, all Georgia, all Lyle Thompson, 12-6, the final in this one. You had to expect this a bit now. Luckily, Zach Hagan's Tendy Bear actually held them in it for a while. You know, it's was, was one nothing for the longest time. Um, and fortunately, he didn't get injured when he collided with uh, Lyle Thompson. But, yeah, it was just pure dominance by Georgia all around. Now, they have not allowed, or they allowed four goals in their first one. They allowed six in their second. Granted, against a team that's an expansion team and one that's a second-year team. But maybe we've got to give this Georgia defense and goaltending a little more respect. Well, we respect Georgia goaltending. But the defense, maybe you got to give them a little more respect than we initially thought we would. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, was it was it Adam or was it Ty Arrow who uh, posted up the stat about the Georgia Swarm goaltending and and where I'm going with that is uh, Mike Poulin becoming what we believe, Evan, or what they believe, and and I tend to believe it too, the first goaltender in NLL history to record 2,000 saves with two different teams. Yeah, and that was Adam that posted it up, and it doesn't surprise me because you got to keep in mind some of those other guys we're trying to fall back to they play in a lot of eight-game eight games season. Yeah. Like, so we were. Th- right. I was we thinking, like, because uh, the records get a little little sketchy as you go back, and I was thinking maybe like Steve Dietrich or Pat O'Toole or even Anthony Cosmo, who's right up there in all-time saves. Um, but it's uh, it's hard to say because those teams were only playing eight, ten, twelve games sometimes. So um, we, if you if you're out there, I know uh, our buddy Graham is always listening. If you can prove that fact to be not true, uh, bring it on. I'd like to see that. But we believe Mike Poulin might be the first goaltender in NLL history to record two thousand saves for two different teams. Uh, so Georgia rolling over Philadelphia and the Swarm. I think you're right, man. I. Everybody was a little bit concerned. Well, I don't know if everybody and and a little bit concerned. I don't know, man. Like, this Georgia team is good. And I think where I'm going with this is if they're – if people were thinking if there's a weak spot on their team, it might be their defense, but that really doesn't seem to be the case. No, Iraq, that's that few goals up. And and Mike Poulin is playing – you know, a lot better than he has the last several years. Starting at the World Championships, he's really picked up his Well, game. I mean, uh, Man Cup before that as well, Evan. So he was playing pretty good rolling in to the World Championships. And, and no sign of slowing down for Pooley. So that's uh, that's good to see. One of the real good guys in the league as well. New England with that week one or week two victory over the Toronto Rock on the road opened a lot of people's eyes. And then it was, okay, okay. 
Fair enough. Can they go into Saskatchewan, though, and back it up? Yourself and myself decided that wasn't going to be the case, but the New England Black Wolves decided it didn't matter what we thought, Evan, as they go on and beat the Rush, spoil their home opener, 12-8, the exact same score they beat the Toronto Rock by, the final here, and what was a stunned Sastel Center? And a quiet Sastel Center. We'll get into the attendance issue maybe a little later because it's not just a Saskatchewan thing, but... The this all I'll just put it straight out there. This was the worst performance by the Saskatchewan Rush since they moved to Saskatoon. Mm. Easy, and it wasn't the defense. It wasn't the offense. Everybody across the board was not ready to play that game. Now, if we look at there was Rush had scored six goals before they started pulling the goaltender towards the end. At that point, they had three transition goals, two of them by my man, Kyle Rubish, who did not stick around the pub long enough for me to buy him the beers. So he's he's going to let beers. them pile up a little bit, Evan. He's going to let but, them stack you know, up, yeah. You know, we were talking about this with Bruce Urban now to the game that Kyle Rubish was your leading scorer with four minutes to go in the game. That should tell you just how bad of an effort went on here. There were three transition goals, one on a penalty shot, one on a deflected pass that just happened to fall into Mark Matthews' stick, mm. and one on an actual set plate. Yeah, it was. That just is not going to cut it. But on the other side of things, let's <sighs> you and I both saw this. What Ryan McLean was doing out there, like he embarrassed himself. It was just, he, he was so far out of position and getting picked. Up at this restraining line and not being able to recover. Yeah, listen, I, I don't want to. I don't want to. I don't want to pile on Ryan McLean here on this podcast. I think you know we're aware it was a tough game for him. I think he's aware. I think the coaching staff's aware. It was, it was a tough game, and and players will go through that. So let's let's leave that at that. But I, and and I and listen, it's not all on sixty five and green and black there, Evan. Like uh, you had zeros across the board for. Robert Church, Ben McIntosh, Ryan Keenan, Marty Dinsdale, um, and and you're not winning any game when you do that. And and I mean it it's it wasn't a great performance, but on the flip side of things, instead of maybe focusing on how off the rush were, let's let's talk about the Black Wolves because it's looking like Toronto was no fluke here oh, either. And Dougie Jameson uh, looks like he is ready to take the next step and become into the conversation of For sure. some of the best goaltenders in the league here. Like this kid is ready to go this year and the black wolves play a pretty entertaining brand of lacrosse. And I think they're full marks for their two and O start. They are. And that defense had a hell of a performance. Let's, you know, Dougie Jameson, you know, what he was, he eight forty three on the night. And yeah, a lot of them were long-range shots, but you stop what's thrown at you, right? But the defense was not giving the rush anything inside. They were forcing them to shoot these low-percentage shots, so full marks for them for their performance. Yeah, and, and I think, you know, the shots for, for those guys on, on the rush offense were just a touch-off, and a good goaltending performance will do that. Instead of just kind of picking a side, you're starting to p- trying to pick corners and – 
gripping it a little tighter, and it just uh, it just wasn't Saskatchewan's night in that one. But I don't want to take anything away from New England because I think they totally earned that victory uh, on Saturday night. They're at Sastel Center. One, two more games to go in who we had here. So we were both one and one on the evening so far here, Evan. Vancouver hosting the New York Riptide, and word coming down just before this game starting that number one overall draft pick, Tyson Gibson, a healthy scratch. In Vancouver, Mitchell Jones goes off for nine points, hitting the 300-point plateau. Vancouver gets an important home win. Not just a win, but a home win, Evan. 14-10 over the Riptide, who looked much better than they did in their opening game against Halifax as well. Yeah, and of course, our guest, Keegan Ball, got eighth on the night. So Two and six you know, he, for my man Baller, yes. Yeah. So Connor Kelly actually was the guy that picked this offense up, and he was finding the holes. He was getting around guys, getting sidewinders through there. That really started to help the rip tie it off quite a bit. You know, but I, I hate to say this, but this was probably the first time I ever say that a team faced a must-win game in their second game of the season. Yeah, and they this was a really a must win for the Warriors because they start with three at home. This was the easiest of the three. They lost the first one, and you got to be able to pick up these wins against these expansion teams to have any chance of making the playoffs to get that hometown crowd coming back. Hopefully they saw enough offense, and hopefully they're going to be back for the next one. Yeah, absolutely. They got uh, four goals out of fireman Jordan McBride. They got four points out of fireman Matt Beers uh, there on Heroes Night, First Responders Night. So an important win there. Got a bobblehead. Uh, Danny came home with a bobble. Matt Beers bobblehead for me from the Warriors game as well. So um, winners all around. Uh, and that's, again, it's, it's one thing to win. It's another to win at home, and that's all this Vancouver fan base wants, Evan, is they just want to go to the game and know they got a chance to win every night. And if they can get some wins at home, fans are going to go watch those Warriors play. I'm convinced of it. And, and Canucks Sports and Entertainment and the Warriors, I think, since arriving there at Rogers Arena, have done everything in their power to get fans out to that building and watch those guys play. And now it's up to the players to make good on it, and they did that against the Riptide last weekend. Uh, They'll be back in action end of the month as they take on the San Diego Seals. It is that we're going to also talk about that. Uh, They're going to play again down in San Diego, Evan, and it's not going to be your ordinary lacrosse game here. We'll talk about that a bit later, but – uh, December the 29th, I believe, Sunday afternoon for Seals and Warriors, uh, their next home game at Rogers Arena. We both took the Warriors in that game, Evan, so we both got it right, both 2-1, and one, with one game to go here on who we had, and it was Toronto at San Diego. And now refresh my memory here, Evan. Uh, who did you take... I, I took a team that now we're even in the overall standings. Uh, just, just, and which team was that? <laughs> yeah, you want you want to keep bragging? Go ahead, go ahead. I, um, I care less. I got took, one wrong for a change. You took San Diego. I took Toronto. A convincing 
13-6 victory for the Rock. As I go 3-1, and one, you go 2-2. Two and two. That means we are once again tied in the standings at 7-3. And, three. and uh, you get to host this week. But only two games on the docket here. And I'm almost tempted to go against one of your picks just so... I can host the following week. Stay with me. Well, you got to pick first, though. I know, but I might just pick it. You know, I might just take a flyer here, and if I get it right, so be it. But there are seven games coming up in week five, Evan, and I I think hosting in week five is going to be a big advantage. Anyways, so. What? Getting back to this game here. Mm -hmm. Yeah, right. Uh, Let's talk about this game. First off, Nick Rose – Came back from a poor performance in his opening game. He stopped, what was it? He stopped 52 of 58. So, fabulous performance. Here's one thing I hate about the NLL stats is that Nick DeMood is going to get nailed with the loss in this Mm. game because he allowed the seventh goal. But he played 43 minutes of this game, Mm -hmm. right? It it wasn't on him. Um, But here's the problem when you're looking at San Diego is Connor Fields got two, Westberg got four, and everybody else got goose eggs, including Zach Greer, who had 15 shots. No. Buchanan had 14 shots. Yeah, no, like they're all goose eggs. Now, Noble yeah. only had two shots, right? right? But, yeah. you know. Yeah, if you're taking if you're taking double-digit shots on goal, you got to score at least, a, least one. You can't go bagels like that. No, and I think this is – a little bit concerning that, you know, where was this performance from the prior week in Buffalo where you're flying halfway across the continent, you come home, and this is another team that needs these home wins yeah. because this, the, yeah. hometown, the, the attendance has struggled coming down the stretch of last year in the San Diego. I mean, they were offering two tickets and four beers for 29 bucks to come in and watch this, and this is what they got to see. They need a better performance at home than this. Well, I know, uh, I know, Mama Rogers uh, challenge. Mom was down in San Diego to watch, and uh, she she was quite happy about what she saw. So, uh, as was I with that big Toronto victory that uh, pulls us back even in who you got standings. Um, the winner of who you got week three, Mark Andresi. And he even told us how to pronounce his name properly, Evan. Mark Andresi with the wit. Now, break this down here for the listeners, Evan, because this was pretty crazy how this all played out right down to the tiebreakers. Yeah, because only 10% of people, 11 out of 108, took San Diego to win. So the second San Diego win, or sorry, San Diego, uh, New England to win. So the second that that happens, now all of a sudden, we've pretty much cleared most of the people out of the way. And only four people went 4-0. So I'm looking at this like, okay, somebody gets even reasonably close to the combined goal total, they'll win the week. Well, I go and take a look at it. The combined goal total was 81. And two people not only went 4-0 but had 81. Right? It gets crazier. It gets crazier. Who do they got as their top goal scorer? Well, both of them got Lyle Thompson. Okay. So guess what? Whoever got it in first got to win. You know, and that's the way it works. And it even gets a little crazier than that because in that that the guy that that was the other one in 
was in tie for first place, was the one that won last week, and he's ten and zero right now. Brian Riley, and who you got overall? It's crazy. Yeah. Uh, so just to recap that, out of a hundred and eight people, four people got every game correct. Out of those four people, two people guessed the exact amount of goals that would be scored in week three. Out of that, they both picked Lyle Thompson to be the top scorer. So it came down to who got their pick in sooner. But with that being said, it was almost the guy who won the previous week. <laughs> I mean, I don't. you can't write that stuff up. By the way here, Evan, I, I've been talking to some of the boys here on, on the road over the weekend. I know we got some, some players that like to listen to the podcast, which is awesome. Um, I, I love that the players are, are into it and are listening. But they're a little trepidatious to put their picks down on record. And I want to make this clear. Like, we we will announce the winner um, if they want us to announce the winner. If you don't want your name announced or to see your name in the standings or whatever, you can always change your name to whatever you want. Um, so only you would know or maybe just Evan and I would know. But Evan is literally the only guy that looks at the standings and we will, and like I said, announce a winner, unless you say, listen, uh, thanks for winning, but I don't want my name out there. Yeah. No, no problem. But I don't like where I'm going here, Evan, is I don't want players or coaches or general managers to be worried about playing who you got, because maybe they pick against a team that <laughs> their own team. I don't know. I mean, I wouldn't think guys would do that. I think they're going to bet on themselves every single time. And it's not like you're laying down money here or anything. So I just, I don't know. I want everybody to be able to participate and have fun. So if you want to put down something anonymous that nobody is going to know about, and it gives you an opportunity to play, it's just Evan that actually gets to see the document. So you got nothing to worry about in that regard. Did I explain exactly, that properly? Yeah, yeah exactly. I, it's the name and the email, which are the first two things. The only person that gets to see that data is me. Okay. So if if you're a league official or whatever, you you, you know, I'm, it's going to be pretty clear in your email address who you are. Yeah. So I mean, you can just create it, a fake be, email it's account. Be a hot trash. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, or if you you know if if you're that concerned, just make up a bogus email account and use uh use a fake name. But again, you're you're secure here on Lacrosse Class. It's called Lacrosse Classified for heaven's sakes, Evan. Uh, if we can't keep that well, stuff a secret, then what are we doing, really? Yeah, and here's an even crazier thing. You remember where Mike is from, right? That's how far are we are. Florida, are, Mark. You're talking about Mark. Florida, Mark. So Mark, sorry, yeah. yeah. He's from Florida. That's great. <laughs> right? Yeah. Amazing. No, it's fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. And and me sitting here in Port Coquitlam, British Columbia, is about as far away from Florida as you can get as far as North America goes. So uh, pretty cool. And, and again, thanks to everybody that uh, has signed up. So far, we're up over 100 people now on a consistently weekly basis. We want to grow that number. Doesn't matter if you haven't played before. You can still sign up, win weekly prizes, and you can still catch up and still win that grand prize as well. But going up against my man Brian here, who's 10-0, and 0, uh, you don't want to wait any longer to get on board for, for who you got here. And a uh, chance to win some pretty cool Prizes uh, from Stampede Tack, including the grand prize of a Blundstone prize pack valued over 
hundred bucks only right here on Lax Class. Evan, huge opening segment right there. We got to get to quarter number two. Showtime from the New England Blackwolves is on the other side. Callum Crawford will join us. Keep it right here on Lax All Stars Podcast Network. Pure Vita Labs is proud to bring you the highest quality sports supplements on the market. PVL products are 100% all natural with no artificial flavors, colors, or sweeteners. And the entire line is also informed choice certified. We designed all our products with the athlete in mind. We look forward to being a part of your athletic achievements, helping you push the bar higher, win at the highest levels, and set personal records for years to come. This is Ryan Banesh of the Halifax Thunderbirds. You're listening to Lacrosse Classified on the LAX All-Stars Podcast Network. Going the game one podcast at a time. Welcome back to Lacrosse Classified right here on the LAX All-Stars Podcast Network. You just heard from our friends at Pure Vital Labs. Hashtag powered by PVL. And uh, a man that is powered by PVL himself joining the program once again. It's showtime, Callum Crawford. Cal, thanks for joining us once again here on Lax Class. How are you? Yeah, my pleasure. I'm good. Thanks for having me. Uh, always my pleasure, Callum. Uh, good to see you over the weekend there in freezing cold Saskatoon. Now, I saw you kind of the morning of game day, and, and I went over and said hi, and uh, you were having breakfast. I said, how's it going? And you said, I'm exhausted. <laughs> Excuse me. And and I said, why is that? And he goes, well, uh, well, you tell. You give you give the people the route that you had to take from where you reside to get to Saskatoon. Well, Tulsa, Oklahoma's got a tiny little airport just like uh, Saskatoon. It's difficult to get in and out of. And same thing uh, at Saskatoon. small to get in and out of. So uh, my day consists of a... Uh, 11.30 a.m. flight to Atlanta, and then hour and a half layover in Atlanta, flight to Toronto, a probably another hour and a half layover in Toronto, and then most of the other flight to Saskatoon. So my total travel time uh, with everything was about 13, 14 hours. <laughs> Oh, did they not realize there's a flight out of Minneapolis to Saskatoon? Ay, ay, ay. There is, there is. But the problem is the time it got me into uh, Minneapolis, I would have not made the flight to Saskatoon. So it didn't didn't work out. That's uh, that's that's life in the the NLL for for people that don't know. And and I mean, you're not the only guy that's going through that on a on a week to week basis. So. Uh, yeah, it's a it's a it's a bit of a grinder, but hey, man! Like, listen, you you come out, uh, you put up six points in the first half, you got three and three, and then uh, and I don't know what happened, man. You tell me. You just kind of said, okay, six is enough uh, for tonight. We got this, and just shut it down for the second half. What happened? <laughs> no, I definitely did not shut it down. I wish that was the case, and I was good enough to be able to do see that. Uh, no, uh, to be honest, I think they came out with a, uh, a sense of urgency. They they started pushing themselves pretty pretty hard. They they were ready for that second half. I think the goaltender came out and played really well. And uh, we just we weren't putting it together like we were in the first half. And credits to them and, and being, you know, they showed up and showed everybody uh, the team that they've been all these years. I think they had a, a slow start in the first half, but made up for it in the second, obviously. Uh, and we just, you know, I think we were tired. I'm not going to lie, even myself, uh, you know, that even the first quarter, uh, 
you know, they, they pressure you. They're big, strong bodies. I was, I'm not gonna lie, I was gassed in that second half and I uh, need to do a better job of, of, you know, keeping my win for a uh, full four quarters because, uh, yeah, you know, they made me work and uh, that's what that defense does is it, uh, it doesn't give you anything easy. A year ago, you had a team where you had two goal, starting goaltenders. You alternated almost every game. And now you, of course, lose Buki in the expansion draft. You got Dougie Jameson. Everybody was thinking, where's this guy going to go this year? And he's done nothing but flourished. I mean, what can you say about the performance of what Dougie the first two games? Yeah, I wouldn't say everybody was thinking that. I was I was convinced and sold last year and uh, leading into this, this offseason. I, I was definitely told uh, our GM, Rich Russ, that New England is in a great spot. They have a super young goalie who is not a free agent for, I want to say, like another eight to ten years who's a starter in this league now. They what? Don't have Hang on. Back, back up, Callum. Back up. You're telling me they, they've locked up. I didn't know this. They've locked up Dougie Jameson for a decade? No, 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 no. I'm saying in our league, you, you're not unrestricted until you're like 30 or something. Okay, and okay, okay. 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 Until you're like 32 <laughs> or something. I thought there was like a so, Stainhouse Cody Jameson contract out there for Doug Jameson. No, 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 no. Not that he's locked up, but ultimately we're locked up. We, we don't get to choose where we want to play and, and whatnot until we, we've reached a certain threshold age-wise. Okay. And, uh, you know, he doesn't reach that anytime soon. So they, they have the luxury of knowing they have a starter and it's not a position they need to worry about anytime soon. That is, that's a great thing, I think, for a program, uh, you know, especially in this league of all leagues. Goaltending is the determining factor on championships. And, uh, you know, they've, they've got themselves in a good spot for a really long time with that goaltender. And, and it's not, I'm not saying this just after these two games. I've been saying this last year and, and going forward. He's, uh, he's and he's going to continue to get better and he's going to be doing it for a long, long time. People have known about Doug Jamison and what kind of goal he tender he's going to be. He's won Minto Cups. He's plays for the Six Nations Chiefs. Like He's he's a he's a tough leg goaltender. I think it's just taken him a year or two to get his feet wet and, and figure out the smaller stick and the bigger nets a little bit, but you knew he was going to. But maybe talk about a couple of the guys on your team, Callum, that most guys wouldn't know about that you are – I always kind of trust your opinion on evaluating and, and players' talents. Give me a couple of guys in the Black Wolves that you think are kind of ready to be the next one. Uh, Nick Chikowski. Obviously, I think I've already said that this year. Uh, phenomenal athlete. Uh, lacrosse IQ is ever-growing, and he, he's starting to show it and put it together right now. I'm a huge fan. I've been a huge fan for uh, since I, I've seen him play and got to play with him last year. So I think he's one that... Uh, should be on people's radars. Another one that's been showing really, really well is uh, Ty Logan. I think he's he's turning some heads, and I think he did it at the the, the Iroquois Nationals uh, in he the did. World Championships and everything too. He, uh, you know, it's a great pickup and, and great uh, evaluating from Glenn Clark and uh, and those guys, and he, he's showing how how solid he is. Uh, to be honest, you can just keep going through our defense. Uh, you know, I think Joe Nardella at the the faceoff X is giving us a new dynamic. And it's not just the faceoffs; his level of compete uh, all over the, the field. When he can play defense, and he's getting better and learning, and he wants to. He's he's not somebody who's just coming in and saying, "I'm here to take faceoffs." He's battling for ground balls. He wants to learn to play stellar defense, and he keeps getting better. Uh, you know, Colton Watkinson, I think, has it, has grown and getting a name, and he, he's starting to show how good he is. 
Mikey Byrne, who played in in a game last uh, weekend, I was to be honest, I was shocked at how awesome he was and, and picking up massive ground balls, running through uh, two to three man pressures because they they press you, and, and he stood out and played an incredible game. And, and, and honestly, you're, the list you're goes, really goes yeah, like I, I was about to say, Calum, like you're you're listing off all these guys, and I'm thinking in my head like these are all kind of very similar types of players that got young, athletic, fast guys that want to come out and work their tail off. And you got a big group of that type of player there in New England, which really entertains itself to be a fun brand to watch. Yeah, I think, again, there's the Kyle Rubishes and the Graham Hossicks come around, you know, once every however many years. And they're going to continue to trickle in and have, have, you know, locked down, I call them game changers, like those guys who we're going to remember forever uh, within our sport, how they play defense. But, you're, you're not just going to have those players and you're not going to have a team full of those players. But what you can have is a, is a team full of athletic guys who are going to compete in every facet of the game and give you energy and, and put their bodies on the line. And You know, obviously we all wish the world was talking about us and recognizing the things that we do, but that drive to be recognized is, is enough to give you everything that you want as a, as a team, as a teammate, and as a coach, I would think. Uh, kids who wanting to prove themselves, uh, not necessarily because they want recognition per se, but to show themselves that they belong and, and they can do this. And, and their drive to be a part of something special like a championship is, is what you want. And that's honestly what every single one of those kids are. There's no nobody who's doing it just for themselves and, and to get there. Is, is they're, they're contributing for the right reasons, and you can see it in the way they play and the, the amount of heart they leave on the floor. A bit of an unusual stretch coming now for you in your schedule that you've got the next six games – out at the casino, four of them against your own division, and with being tied in Georgia, tied with Georgia right now in the standings, this must be a critical stretch for you if you want to push to get to that division title. Yeah, for sure. I think uh, we picked up two huge road wins against two incredible teams, and that's awesome. Uh, but if that is what we're hanging our hat on for the season, you know, we're not going to go too far. So it's the next game. The next one is New York, and that's going to be a very explosive, hungry team that has the ability to uh, to outwork anybody on any night. And they're a team that's going to try to match kind of what we hang our hat on, and that, that is effort and, and, and passion. So I'm excited for it. So that's the next one. But, yeah, for sure, every game is, is winnable and losable in this league, and we can put ourselves in a really good position if we if we can push through and perform at home. We enjoy playing at home. We're taking care of really well at home. And I think history shows that I think New England does pretty well when they're playing at home. But uh, you know, it, it's the only way that's going to happen is if the same effort and the same approach that we just took in these next few games is, is how we play every single game. Speaking with Callum Crawford of the New England Black Wolves and and also of Tulsa Lacrosse, uh, Callum. I don't know what the exact name of of your company or, or what exactly. Um, if you're involved with schools or if you have kind of a private company down there. I know Tulsa Lacrosse is booming, though, after speaking with you. Uh, tell me tell me about it. Like, I know you've been down there now a while with Ryan Fournier kind of growing the game in Tulsa, Oklahoma, but it, it's continuing to grow. Like, these are, these are new avenues that are opening up to you to do different things down there. Um, update us on, on what's happening down down in that area of the world as far as lacrosse goes. Yeah, the sport is booming. It's it's growing like crazy. There's some great 
programs at the youth level, you know, even competition for, for the club level that we do that are doing great things in introducing the sport and helping build uh, from the grassroots up. Uh, myself was recruited out here to take on a, a high school program with, with Ryan Short, and we also started our own club program called Impulse Across. Uh, the, the greatest part, and I think the, the part that is it's exciting to see, is we have these Division One football prototype athletes here, and they're playing lacrosse. And helping them learn the, you know, the higher level version of the sport and then helping them get in front of coaches uh, to see and showcase their athleticism. It, it's fun. And I think you're going to start seeing some, some Tulsa, Oklahoma kids at some pretty big special NCAA schools in the near future. That's fantastic. Uh, one more here for you, Kat. Well, maybe two more because uh, I want to talk PVL with you. So, so get ready for that. But you're also a guy, no matter where you've been in in Minnesota or Colorado or Buffalo, uh, as I rattle off all the teams that you've played for, Cal- Calgary, I think, in there as well, if I'm not mistaken. The footwear of Showtime, uh, always a hot topic and always something I kind of keep an eye out for from year to year. You really like to show off your personality through your shoes. Now, the the ones you were wearing on Saturday night, I don't know who's who's making these things or if they're custom Callum Crawford kicks or or, or what. But uh, lay it out for me. What are you what are you sporting on those those wheels of yours this season? I'm rocking the new New Balance Omni ones. They're actually the Kawhi Leonard's. Uh, they, they've been dropping different colorways every other week. I've got a, a special home toe that will be. Uh, not special in the sense of custom to me by any means. Uh, I'm not uh, that high up on the totem pole for that company by any stretch, but uh, I've got an, a pair that are uh, going to be, you know, up my usual alley of, uh, you know, shoe game, we call it. So yeah, I yeah. have a pair that are coming for, for home games that I'm going to wear, and I, I have the pair that I was wearing for the away games that I always am going to wear. Okay, okay. Uh, and lastly, Callum, obviously PBL, one of our proud sponsors here on, on Lax Class, and, and also uh, you're under the umbrella as well, and I always like to ask guys when they come on, what do, what's the latest product uh, from Pure Vital Labs that uh, you enjoy taking? What are you always packing around with you when you're traveling from Tulsa to wherever in the National Lacrosse League? Uh, so I, I like a lot of people kind of uh... – Watched the the documentary Game Changers and drank the Kool Aid. So I've uh, I've been going primarily plant based uh, diets for almost two months now. So I've been been heavy on the uh, the Plant Pro uh, natural plant based protein that PBL has, and they've helped the transition because that was the biggest part: is where am I getting my protein from? Am I getting enough of it? So their Plant Pro has has been crucial to. Uh, me sticking to my diet and making sure that I'm, I'm, you know, I've got the fuel needed and, and it makes it convenient. So that part is always in my bag. I've always got that going around and uh, very thankful and grateful for being a part of PBL to, to have them helping me and support me. No doubt about it. Uh, there you go. You just heard it right there. Check out the Plant Pro from uh, from Callum Crawford and Pure Vital Abs. Hey, great game over the weekend, Callum, and best of luck with your Black Wolves to keep it rolling. And we shall catch up again here on Lacrosse Classified sooner or later, I hope. For sure. Thanks again for having me. I appreciate it. Always a pleasure. That was Callum Crawford. What is he having? 14, 15 years deep into the NLL, still cranking out 100 points a season. Pretty impressive stuff and uh, was on display again at Sastel. The guy just doesn't seem to slow down. It's way too early to start talking about the MVP race, but if you had a list of 10 or 12 guys, and he's got he's to be forced to the top of that 10 or 12 guys, you got to start to look out now for the MVP at the end of the year. Yeah, and, and I like I – 
I don't know, man. I'm sure you want to ask it. I entertained asking about last year. I the didn't want to ask it, actually. It's old news. Yeah, I, I just I think Callum wants to move on from that. I think we do as well. And, and I'll put it this way. Talking with Callum away from, you know, on the record sort of stuff, he felt absolutely sick about it. He's not a guy going out there looking to hurt guys. And, and I'm a big Brad Cree guy as well. And, and – I, I I'd like to know. I'd like to think deep down that Brad knows that as well. It was a, a real poor judgment in in a split second, and I think he feels absolutely awful about it. And and I don't think you're ever going to see something like that happen from him again. So um, I just left it. I know you did too, and and I'm kind of glad we did. It's time to move on from that. So uh, that was a great convo with Callum Crawford. We're about to have another one here on Lacrosse Classified. First timer on lax class and a well-deserved one at that i might add evan keegan ball of the vancouver warriors is coming up next here on lacrosse classified on the lax all-stars podcast network a vancouver warriors game at rogers arena sounds like this jones shoots and he scores diving effort from mitch jones nothing's monotone lee and beers go crashing into the crease nothing's boring now we're gonna have a fight it's the captain squaring off and at vancouver warriors games loads up nothing's offside tries a shot and he scores experience it for yourself vancouver warriors tickets are available now tickets starting from 1995 visit vancouverwarriors.com slash tickets today This is Robert Church from the Saskatchewan Rush. You're listening to Lax Class, your go-to source for all things NLL and Boston Cross. Welcome back to Lacrosse Classified here on the Lax All-Stars Podcast Network. Jake Elliott, Evan Schemenauer with you. This is episode number 58. Uh, you just heard from Callum Crawford, and you just heard from our friends at the Vancouver Warriors. That big win over the Riptide last weekend. Uh, got a week off, and then it's a Sunday affair at Rogers Arena. Sunday fun day at the Warriors game. We're going to talk to the man who's going to be in that Warriors game coming up here momentarily in Keegan Ball. But you want to get yourself some tickets to Sunday fun day, call 604-899-4625. Option one, you're probably going to get my man, the Chad. He'll hook you up, or you can visit Vancouver Warriors. Dot com. Get hooked up today. Go to a Warriors game. Have yourself some fun. You can have all sorts of fun. Why, Evan? Because nothing's offside at the Vancouver Warriors game. Keegan Ball joining the program now. And Keegan coming off an eight-point performance in that 14-10 victory over the New York Riptide. Keegan, first time on the program. Thanks for doing this, man. Welcome to Lax Class. Thanks for having me on. Excited to be here. Excited to have you. You must have been pretty excited Saturday night to get a home victory for those fans at Rogers Arena. I think that's so important for you guys, not only to get wins and get get the right side of the win column there, but getting those victories at home. That's an important thing for the Warriors. Am I wrong on that? Uh, no, you're not wrong at all. I mean, I think it's important for us to you know protect our home court and just like you said, right, get as many wins as we can in front of the fans in Vancouver. Wanted to go for the fans that don't may not know you as well until your backstory. A few years ago, you get cut from the league. You go, you're playing in Senior B in St. Albert, which, of course, greatest Senior B program in the country. And then you get your chance with Dan Richardson back with the Warriors, and you made the most of it. Was there ever a time where you doubted that maybe you wouldn't get another shot? 
Yeah, I think, you know, once you're out of the league, there's always that doubt that goes through your mind that, you know, maybe you don't get a call next year or you don't get a call again. So, um, no, that was always something that might have been in the back of my mind, but I tried not to focus on that. Speaking with Keegan Ball here, and I always go back when I when I talk about you, Keegan, and the story that you kind of, I want to go back even further than that because you were drafted – by the Toronto Rock, and in particular drafted by Terry Sanderson. And for people that don't know, historically and notoriously, the Toronto Rock do not draft Western players because they like all their players to be in market, But the fa- and especially back then. And for Terry to, to go out and select you, really kind of it opened my eyes because Terry really didn't miss on too many draft picks. And it just kind of took you longer for your path to get there, Keegan, but it was a long, hard road for you. Like you had opportunities and just couldn't quite crack it. What do you think the difference was over the last couple of years where we saw last season you put up a 14-point night and, and you're consistently putting up five, six points a game now? Where did the, the tipping point happen? What was the turning point for you? I think the biggest thing was opportunity last year being, you know, full-time player on the power play and just gaining confidence throughout the year. Um, but you know, overall I, I just kept working on my craft and then every summer playing in St. Albert. And even though it's senior B getting to practice against guys like Ryan Delks, Josh Sullivan, John Lentz, uh, shooting on goalies like Aaron Bold. I mean, I think that had a big thing to do with my growth as well. Now, tell us about this workout regiment you have, because from what I've been told, you went into beast mode this summer in the gym. Tell us what you do to get game ready for the season. I just noticed last year, probably my biggest weakness was my size and my strength. So this summer, I worked hard at uh, just trying to improve on that. And um, that included just going to the gym early in the morning for uh, about two to three hours every day. And were you, were you working with a specific personal trainer at a specific gym? Uh, you want to give anybody a shout out or a plug that yeah, that's helped yeah. you along? I worked, I was, uh, I was lucky enough to work with, uh, actually an old friend of mine. His name's Casey Chin. He's an ex CFL player. Cool. Cool. Uh, I'm speaking with Keegan ball here and, and tell me about, playing for the Warriors now Keegan like it's a different obviously you spent a little time with the stealth this is this is next level here down at Rogers Arena and, and having the Aquilini family behind this thing um, it looks like you guys just get treated like gold down there talk about the experience and what it's like to play in Vancouver yeah it's amazing um, first class organization from top to bottom uh, since day one you know since training camp of last year we've been treated exceptionally um, when we travel, all the gear that we get, everything's done for us and, uh, you know, couldn't ask to be in a better situation. Of course, the news coming out this morning that you're going to get to play an outdoor game in San Diego in a couple months. Um, have you ever played a competitive game of box lacrosse outside the, the, uh, the pickup game, uh, outdoors ever? No, I'm, uh, I'm really excited. It'll be a completely different experience. Obviously, growing up in the lower mainland playing minor lacrosse, we would practice outside and 
uh, when we were really young, we'd play some games outside, but um, no, never had that opportunity. So I think it should be a lot of fun. <laughs> Back when you had to wear knee pads and stuff because you were yeah, falling on yeah, exactly. graded concrete. Uh, I remember it well as we speak with Keegan Ball here. I want I want to go back uh, to to the early days of this season, Keegan, and and of course. Uh, Biz nasty. We got to talk about biz nasty here for a second. You were you were a big part of of the big video where you took him to school one on one. You beat him. You left him in the dust. You pumped in the goal. But in all serious here, Keegan, like how cool was it to have Paul Bissonette uh, going through the paces with you guys, kind of getting a lesson on what it was like to play pro lacrosse, and then to be around a guy that's, I mean, honestly, he's a he's a social media mogul. Uh, it looked like a pretty fun time there with Biz Nasty two yeah, yeah, it was a really, really fun experience. Um, he's a really good guy and fit in immediately in the room. Uh, so, you know what, that was a lot of fun. And then filming on the floor was great with him. He didn't know much about lacrosse, how to hold a stick, how to pass or shoot. Uh, so it was uh, it was a good time. Now, now Nikki, <laughs> walk me through this thing because it looked to me like Bissonette was probably like to Nick and said like, okay, like you know, don't don't let up. Take me take me in here pretty good. And Nick was like, okay, I'm gonna. But then it almost looked like he tried to help Nick make it look good, and then it looked like whoa, that was really bad. Yeah, we were all we were all on the other side of the floor looking at it and uh, kind of worried. Like maybe he's actually hurt yeah. lying down on the turf there. <laughs> Seriously. He went down. He went down pretty hard. He uh, went down real hard. Yeah. 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 He got back up. Uh, he was great. And he'll be back um, for Hawaiian night at the Warriors game. But uh, Keegan, I always like to ask first timers that I, that I talked to here on Lax class about their number and why they chose the number that they wear on their back. Um, growing up, I was always number nine. And actually when I came, uh, out to Alberta for work and started playing for St. Albert. Number nine was taken. So I, um, always been a big fan of Michael Jordan and wore number 45 one year. So I switched to 45 and ever since then I've just worn it. So Michael Jordan, but instead of choosing 23, Michael Jordan, you go 45, Michael Jordan post retirement. That's interesting. Interesting. Okay. You're in a tough division. It's going to be a tough run all year to try and make the playoffs. What do you think the Warriors got to continue to keep doing well or got to do better to make the playoffs this year? I think we have to be consistent. I mean, we play, like you said, in a very good division. So in order for us to leapfrog some of those teams, um, I think we can't take any shifts off. We can't take any quarters off. And, and then that all starts with our training and our practice. Right. I think guys are really dialed in this year. Um, so for the most part, uh, I think we have the talent. We just we got to stay consistent and be consistent throughout the year. Yeah, and I think your depth a whole lot better this year as well, Keegan. That's going to make a difference for you. Hey, I appreciate your time coming on Lacrosse Classified here. Nice win over the Riptide. You got a week off. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. And then uh, best of luck against those San Diego Seals on Sunday fun day. Thank you very much. Appreciate being on the podcast and Merry Christmas. Happy holidays to you guys too. Right on, my man. That was Keegan Ball, number 45 of your Vancouver Warriors, Evan. And and like we said, it's it took the it took Keegan a little longer to find his path to the National Cross League, but not only did he find the path, like he's opened up like a four-lane freeway for his career now with the last, you know, season and the start to this one. 
he's he's put people on notice that this guy can put the points up. Yeah, it sometimes just takes the right opportunity as well. You think about it, if there was no expansion, would there be a spot for him in the league? Maybe nobody would have given him a chance. And, you know, it also came to a fact of you got a new GM in a new market, and we talked to Dan a month ago. He said, you know, I've got very little. I've got to find these diamonds in the rough guys that were passed over. And he goes and finds Keegan Ball and Jordan McBride. Yeah. And yeah. they both shoot the lights out, right? Yeah, two guys that he's obviously very familiar with, right, with his time in New Westminster. And, and that was per, probably a pretty easy decision for him to make because he'd been around these guys for the last five, six years. And, like, said, these guys just need a shot, and I'm going to I'm gonna be the one to take that shot. And, you know, it's paid out, it's paid out dividends. He had, what like you said before, 14 points against the Wings there last year. Uh, top performance of the entire season. Yeah. You no, don't no. expect that out of a guy that wasn't even in the league a year ago. Crazy to think about, man. Crazy to think about when you put it in terms like that. So there was Keegan Ball. That means one more quarter to go here on Lax Class. We're going to have it for you on the other side. News and notes under a view. And who you got all coming up here still on episode 58 of Lacrosse Classified on the Lax All-Stars Podcast Network. Associated Labels and Packaging is in the business of creating first impressions. They'll help you reflect your company values accurately by offering solutions that fit your product needs. With the latest in printing technology and over 35 years of experience, Associated Labels and Packaging is the perfect fit for your company to take your labels and packaging to the next level. Hey, this is Jamie Dowick, owner and GM of the Toronto Rock. You're listening to Lax Class, your go-to source for all things NLL and box lacrosse. Growing the game one podcast at a time. Welcome back, lacrosse fans. Episode 58 is into the fourth quarter. It is a big fourth quarter lined up here. Now, who you got? Only two games on the docket here, but uh, lots of news and notes to get to and a pretty... Interesting under review, I would say. But first, I want to say thank you to our friends at Associated Labels and Packaging for continuing their sponsorship of the podcast here. Associated-Labels.com. Check them out. They got their daily blog going, as I always like to mention. And they're starting a new series, uh, which is pretty cool. A series of staff interviews to give you a better idea of the people and culture behind Associated Labels and Packaging. And, of course, they start off... With the big, big boss, the president of Associated Labels and Packaging, Sean Ashworth. Um, And he's got a great story from when he started, when it was his dad's company as a 12-year-old boy, working out in the back, sweeping the floor, and then just kind of working his way through. So he's essentially done every job there as he worked his way to the top. So he knows every facet of his business, which I think, Evan, always make for the best bosses. No, in fact, I, I sometimes insist when I go to a new company to because I try to deal with efficiencies and trying to work out where some of the inefficiencies are. And I constantly ask, can you sit me in on a meeting with this or can I learn how, what this person does? Just because that's how you actually run the most efficient and the most profitable business at the end of the day. Yeah, job shadowing is super underrated. More companies should definitely do it. Uh, let's get in to our, well, not so new feature anymore, Evan, but it's still new to us. It's G. Wilson Construction under review. 
It's time for Under Review. Each week, Jake and Evan answer a listener's question or break down an unusual call that happened in a game. The challenge flag has been thrown, so now it's time to take the matter under review. And a thanks to my man, Don Andrews, for the uh, little sound bite there that he did up over the weekend for us here uh, to help with our brand new feature, G. Wilson Construction Under Review. And Evan, this one, an interesting one, as it has to deal with something that we saw. Oh, by the way, G. Wilson Construction, Evan, an award-winning firm with a single focus, building fine custom homes. And you know, I talked to I talked to you about Blair and his philosophy and his company and how he advertises and doesn't advertise. We've kind of worked it out. He didn't get it to me in time for this week. But what Blair is going to do is going to draw something up. He wants to give – and check this out, Blair. All right, Evan. Blair wants to give – an opportunity some to potentially some young lacrosse players, because I'm assuming that some of those guys listen to the podcast, a chance to start a career in the construction business, which is, I think, just that's how he wants to advertise in my podcast. He wants to offer work to young lacrosse players. Pretty cool. And you think about it, lacrosse players need good jobs with understanding bosses. Mm-hmm. When they're a professional career, when they got to take away – take off early for the weekend because they got a Thursday or Friday game. Mm -hmm. So why not a boss like that who loves the game and understands exactly how it works? Uh, I think it is a beautiful new marriage that is just beginning to blossom here on Lax Class Evan. Okay, under review, and what we're putting under review is what happened in Saskatchewan in the New England Black Wolf Rush game. Now, if you didn't see this, go back and check it out. But it is something that has crept its way into the game, which needs to be addressed or, if you will, put under review here, Evan. And that is goaltenders, notice the inflection here, mucking the lacrosse ball in their crease. Explain this to me, Evan, and what we need to do to fix it. Okay, so there's two situations this would happen. The less common is where a team shorthanded the ball laying in the crease, and the goaltender doesn't possess the ball, but he puts his stick over top of it so that it would make it impossible for any forward to take the ball away from him without taking an interference penalty. Um, But where the more common one, this is what happened in Saskatchewan, was that there's 35 seconds left in the quarter, they're going to try and muck the ball and just prevent Saskatchewan from even taking it. So until they get under 30 seconds, they can then pick the ball up, take their time out, go six on five for the last shot of the quarter. Right. Now, this is the problem with this, and that is I don't have as much of an issue if, you know, the, the, the ball got mucked into the corner, the team's taking off to get their defense on, the other thing, you know, we're going to sit here and wait because you decide to let us take take a few more. Yeah, seconds you'll off see. The ball. You'll see players shield the ball, Evan. You'll see players go into the corner and kind of shield the ball and kill off the remaining three, four seconds of a shot clock. Just don't let the other team get possession. But I'm not going to pick this ball up. The problem right, that they're running I, into here, though, the, and I just want to kind of make this clear, is that after the shot clock has expired or the shot's been taken, nobody is picking up possession, but they're not allowing one team to pick up possession. But the right. game clock, so no shot clock is running, but the game clock is running. Well, the shot clock would have been running from the prior possession. It hasn't reset yet, right? 
So the, the difference is the ball's in the corner. The opposition has the ability to go and get that ball or force the other team to take possession of it early. When it's in the crease, the goaltender's got to stick over top of it, but not possessing it. Right. This is the problem. And this is where things got complicated is that um, we've what seen this do? two or three times already this season is that, you know, in this case, I think it was Robert Church went and tried to swipe underneath the, the stick and get it, right? Yes. And they blew the play dead. They just called it a crease violation and gave New England the ball. Now, what they're supposed to be having in the other situation, though, they actually called goaltender interference on it. Crease and play. here's the – so then this is in a different game they did this. Now, here's, here's the thing. If that goaltender has his stick over the ball, but he's not possessing it, what's supposed to happen is the shot clock has begun. Your possession has begun. Your eight seconds has begun. And so is your four seconds to get the ball out of the yeah. crease. So if you have the and ability. And that's what's supposed to happen. Yeah, if you have the ability to pick the ball up and you're just hovering your stick over it, you, you're saying that the shot clock, the, the eight-second count should all begin. If you can just sit there and pick it, up the ball – then the clock should begin. And, and and it was interesting because when this happened in Saskatchewan, until Church actually took a swipe standing outside the crease and took a swipe at the ball inside the crease, the whistle didn't go, but the clock, game clock was running, but the shot clock wasn't running. And then they stopped play down because I think it went to a TV timeout or or something happened, or, or the team, New England called timeout. So the officials had a chance to get together and then talk it over. And while they were talking it over, and we know that the refs are all mic'd up now, Chris Williams said that to the other official, I can't remember his name, but said, you know, this this was in the memo that was sent out, this scenario right here. Now, he didn't go into detail about what the memo entailed and what what was supposed how the call was supposed to go and what why the call was supposed to be made. But this is obviously something that Brian Lemon and the league and the officials have been aware of that this is starting to creep into the game and need to have a solution for it. So it's obviously been addressed. So what they did at that point, Evan, is they took off, I think I want to say five seconds off the shot clock as well. So I don't think that the eight second count right. um went against them, but I do think they took time off the shot clock for them. And also let's remember that you have four seconds to get the ball out of your crease as well. And if the goalie's just hovering his stick over the ball, not allowing anyone to pick it up, that four-second count should start as well uh, bec- to deter it, this type of to, thing yes. from happening. Yes, according to to what I've heard about that league memo, the four-second clock also now starts. Now, what they did in this particular case was they there were I think they, were, they had thirty point three seconds left. They set the shot clock at twenty five, right. coming out of the timeout. So New England didn't have perfect last possession on their last possession quarter because of the mucking the ball ahead of time. No, but that's, according to that math, which, though, Evan, if they took five seconds off the shot clock, that's longer than four seconds, so that should have been not getting the ball out of your crease violation there on New England, right? If they, if that's... Yes, it should have. Okay, so... It should yeah, have been possession of Saskatchewan if that's the case. Yeah, and, and, and then they would have only would have had three seconds to get the ball from their crease or at the top of their crease anyway when they called the timeout because five seconds would have been gone off the eight-second violation 
to get it over center. But then I believe they actually did call crease interference or something like that and gave them possession at the midway line. Okay. Okay, so, so I, I think there. it's it's uh, probably – so we've seen this sort of thing start to creep its way into the summer game, and now it's starting to creep its way into the, the pro game. And it looks like it's 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 been on notice. They're, they've addressed it, and I would expect this rule to continue to, involve, to evolve and be tweaked yeah. as we go along here. And until every official is calling it the proper way – that the rule and is I think written. Every, the officials are still not quite sure exactly no. how. and I don't know. I don't think, I, think I am either. Like I don't think I am yeah. either. But it, it's some, this is this is the evolution of sport, though, right? This is what happens. the The envelope gets pushed. Somebody wants to push a boundary or push a rule to the extreme and see what they can get. A, and this is just a new tactic. And I think like it's a brilliant one. As far as the players go, to think like this, okay, if I don't play this ball, the 30-second clock's not going to reset, but the game clock's running, and then I can get final possession. That's how it all kind of started, right? Because everybody wants final possession with no shot clock. Right. The, the only difference, though, is when the ball's in the crease is that the offensive team has no way of pressuring or recovering the ball, unlike if it was in the corner and they were trying to do the same Yeah, thing. unless they just step into the crease or smack the ball or hit the goalie stick, and then you run the risk of a penalty. So it's it's uh, it's something that needs to be addressed. It looks like it and sounds like it has been, and I think it's going to be a bit of a work in progress. But that right there, I don't even know what rule that is, Evan, but we just put it right there under review presented by G. Wilson Construction. How about that? As confusing as that may sound, so just so just so everybody's aware, is that the second that the goaltender has basically full coverage of the ball, the four seconds, the eight seconds, and the shot clock are all supposed to run. There you go. At there you that go. Point. And let's hope that is the case because I mean, what what they're doing, it, it's it's kind of like cheating, but it's smart cheating. You know what I mean? Like if you're allowed to do it, why wouldn't you do it? But you shouldn't be allowed to do it, so don't do it. That's pretty much where that ends. Uh, up next, Evan, it's who you got. And a light week four in the National Lacrosse League. Just two games. Uh, we are both tied now in the standings, seven and three. Again, I did better than you last week. Just to refresh your memory, I went three and one. You only went two and two. So you we're, t- a lot for a guy we're tied now, and uh, you get to, uh, you get to host who you got this week. Take it away, Evan Shemino. <laughs> well, just a light schedule, and maybe I'll say this just before we get started: the who you got for this week is actually going to be a third tie break because <laughs> there's only two games. There's going to be so many people with a two and zero record, one way or another that we're going to have a third tie break to try and break the tie without it being the first person in the door. Oh, wait, Evan, wait, wait a second. I forgot. We got to do this before we start. Who you got? It's time for Stampede Tax. Who you got? Evan, who you got? Jake, who you got? 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 Stampede Tack and Western Wear sponsoring Who You Got. More than just a boot store, they carry a wide range of outerwear, jean jackets, including the all-time classic Storm Ride. I could have used that back in Saskatoon this weekend. Great for the outdoors and great for fashion as well. They ship Canada-wide. Still time to get uh, get a Storm Rider under the Christmas tree. Stampede.ca. Thanks for sponsoring Who You Got. Okay. 
but you you got a Blundstone toque from Kevin, did you not? I believe I did. Yes, I did. I, and yes. where was it? Where was uh, it? When I, I, before you even got on the plane, I texted you a photo of the weather report. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I underestimated uh, I underestimated things. I'm not going to lie to you. It was a cold, chilly weekend. All right. Enough. Let, All right. Uh, enough so weather talk. Go. Let's go. So just two games this weekend. First one, well, it'll be fun for you. It's 3 p.m. your time. Mm. <laughs> you know, uh, 6 p.m. Eastern on Saturday, the old Rochester Nighthawks hosting the new Rochester Nighthawks. Who you got? Thunderbirds hosting the Nighthawks, old against new. Man, Halifax got off to that good start in their home opener. Rochester got off to a very tough start in their home opener think Halifax is going to be that much better than Rochester. I think it's going to be a tighter game. I, I oh Man, look for deep prior to get the start for the Kayhawks this week, I would think. Can Halifax go 2-0? I got to take the Thunderbirds at home here. I think I think that trip to Halifax, playing in, I think playing in Halifax, I think is going to be a big advantage for the Thunderbirds all year long. That showed against the Riptide. Let's see if it shows against the Nighthawks. Give me Halifax. Give me Halifax, too. And maybe I'm a little more confident than you are in this one because Halifax had a phenomenal first quarter and then kind of let things just kind of slowly ride. Mm. Rochester still needs time to find out who they are. I think Halifax wins. I actually think they win big in this one. So on to the other side of the the continent. Colorado headed into Calgary without Dane Doby. Who you got? (laughs) Yeah, no Dane Doby. That's for sure. Uh, He will not play until February, late February for the MVP. Um I still think Calgary at home, they get out to the 1-0 start. They've been sitting for two weeks. That may work against them, but it also may work for them. I think they actually got together in Calgary last week for an infor- or for a formal practice. They got the entire team together. They didn't want to go two weeks not being together. So I, d- I just personally, I just think Calgary is a better team. I just think they're a better team, and I'm taking the Roughnecks. The Dane be factor makes this a tougher call um, in that, you know, it's not – one side's lopsidedly bigger, better than the other. You've got two goaltenders in this game, either of which could steal the yeah, game. Yeah, you're right. Easily. You're right, man. Uh, Still taking the but, Roughnecks. But I'm not going to take the Mammoth in this one. I'm taking the Roughnecks at home, uh, but this is not an easy call in my mm, books. Yeah, all right. I think it's just so you can uh, host again next week. Pretty pretty chicken move there. Well, that's, that's, no, pretty I, no, I chicken remember. move. I, yeah, whatever. I mean, I, I've already put my picks into the, the chart already mm-hmm. for the week, so I'm not changing them. Mm-hmm. Speaking of, uh, make sure that you get your picks in again. If you want to stay anonymous, do that. Make up an email, make up a fake name, or just tell us when you sign up, I don't want to be mentioned, or if you win, I don't want to be mentioned. You can still get the prizes. No problem there. We want to include everybody for who you got every single week. And uh, it'll always be the top pin tweet on our Twitter feed. We usually crank it out at least once a day throughout the day to make sure that uh, everybody's getting a chance to see it and sign up. So keep an eye out for it and check your email, sign up for who you got, and let's have some fun all 
season long. Last segment coming here, Evan. Uh, news and notes. We got a bunch of news and notes here. Some stuff I didn't even get to get to get to get to. I didn't even get to last week. Um, remember our friends back there in uh, Nanaimo that had the issue in the provincials. It was our F1 week about uh, an illegal player and not signing a score sheet, and the kid was suspended, and then they got stripped of a game. You remember that one? I remember it well. So um, all that went down. Now that league has a brand-new board of governors. They have a brand-new commissioner, Rob Cook out of Ladner. Junior B2 league is in much better hands leading into this summer and couldn't be happier to hear it. And I don't want to pat ourselves on the back too hard here, Evan, but I think uh, a little pressure on Lax class got things cleaned up a little bit at the junior B2 level over there on the island. We've had a few of those, you know, I think especially the black mesh. Oh, yes. <laughs> the black mesh. I'm still stunned to this day that the WLA rule change comes after love it. we complain Absolutely about a love it. And you know what? Uh, report cards will be back uh, come May or so. So uh, look forward to that. But uh, we put the report cards away for the NLL season and we'll bring them back out uh, for yeah. the summer ball. Speaking well, of summer ball, and- what, Evan? I was going to say, speaking of one of those teams, two teams with the black mesh issue, our good friend Paul Horn is the new. Well, I was just about to get to that, Dolly. man. I was just about to get to that. Uh, yes, uh, our old friend Paul Horn, loyal listener here on Lax Class. Congratulations goes out to him. He's been named the brand new president of the Senior A New Westminster Salmon Bellies. Ray Porcelato will be the general manager and uh, the former president and GM, Dan Richardson. His brother, John, will be the assistant general manager. That's the new leadership group in New West. And listen, for all the time that Dan was in New Westminster as the president and general manager, he did some sensational things with that team and that city, really re-engaging the fan base there. Did some Had some fabulous ideas and and really got New Westminster back on board with the Bellies in his time. And I think Paul Horn and Ray and John are going to continue that legacy. They're going to have a fresh look and some new ideas there, and it may be a little bit different than what Dan did, but I think it's going to be just as successful. I like this group here, and and they're going to come in with a new vision and a lot of energy, and and I I look forward to the future for the fish. I really look forward to it too, and – yeah, I mean, Paul's won the hat before he he's in almost instantaneously, so he falls the podcast. Fan. Big fan, Dude, of yeah, yeah. yeah. No, um, he was actually the team photographer back in my playing days. Believe it or not, Evan. Uh, anyways, let's move on. The NLL game of well, the week. Should we be asking him if he got some interesting photos? Well, he might. Back? He might actually. Uh, <laughs> I should ask him that. I don't have too many. Paul, you old, got my email address. Yeah. You know where to send. Them. I don't have too many uh, old Bellies <laughs> photos from back in the day. Uh, I'd like to like to see some of those actually so yeah feel free to for lob that up game of the week Kevin uh, the NLL announcing pretty much right after we posted our podcast last week that they are going to offer up a free NLL game of the week it's going to air on Facebook it's going to air on Twitter and air on BR live for free and it just so happens that New England and Saskatchewan last week was the first game of the week and I got to be a part of it you get to be a part of two more of them, actually. Yeah, That's indeed, the other interesting part. Yeah. Um, 
I, I like I really like this idea when they did it before. I really like it now. If we don't have a television deal, we got to have a way for people, whether it's they're a regular BR subscriber, but they're not a part of the NLL package or just the person that in Canada that wants to see a game, check it out. They have, what, about a quarter million watch viewers at any one given point in time when they had this on before, so I don't see why it wouldn't work again. Yeah, it's huge. It's absolutely huge for, for the casual viewer to stumble by and go, oh, what am I? What do we got here? And all of a sudden, they uh, they become an NLL fan. So uh, look forward to that. Check it out each week. Calgary, Colorado is the game of the week this week. Uh, Grant Farhall, my man Ryan Ballantyne will be on the call from the Saddle Dome. Calgary got a new building, by the way, right downtown, Evan. That's going to be about a decade away, but uh, it's it's happening in Calgary. Uh, they're getting a new arena down there. What else do we got here on News and Notes? Extreme Lacrosse League is coming back for another season. This has featured the likes of Del Bianco, Garrett Billings, Dane Doby, a part of this thing a year ago. Coming back again, bigger and better. Extreme Lacrosse League uh, firing back up for our former friends. Well, still our friends, just former sponsors here on Lax Class. Uh, Extreme Threads starting the Extreme Lax League year two. Looking forward to that. Yeah, and when you have out east, you got the Arena Lacrosse League. At least you got some form of alternate uh, winter league program that players can go to. Yeah, this is for to, like uh, junior B, junior A, senior B, senior A pro players to get themselves ready in in kind of the dog days of fall, October, November, and get themselves ready for December. And for guys that aren't in the NLL to kind of keep going through until January, February when training starts for. For the summer season, so it really kind of feeds, uh, a fills and feeds a need for box lacrosse uh, through the winter months here in BC. Yeah, and we need more and more of these programs. Uh, we were talking, you know, even this weekend in Saskatchewan, so how we have nothing other than a sport court in an indoor soccer stadium. Yeah. Well, hey, so you know, we we need a, we need a league here like that too in the future to keep. Things going and going along. Yep. Well, we're working we on it. We're working on it one day at a time, Evan. We're going to make it happen. Uh, me, you, and and maybe one other guy. No, <laughs> just kidding. We're going to keep. Uh, we're going to keep the pressure on the boss there, and 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 hopefully uh, things will start to start to happen here, Evan. A uh, few more news and notes to get to. By now, you know, no appeal for Dane Doby. He is sitting the six games. The Roughnecks, the PA, Doby have all. Said that, that, hey, we're taking the six and we're moving on. So that's the end of that situation right there. Uh, my junior Adnacks, Evan, naming new coaches for the Coquitlam Junior Adnacks, uh, a f- name that will be familiar to many National Cross League fans. Kyle Sorensen named the head coach and his assistant, the former head coach of the Burnaby G- Senior Lakers, and uh, a good friend of mine who's been on the show uh, we spent years coaching together as well. Pete Tellis will be his assistant. So Sorensen, the head man, Pete Tellis, the assistant there in Coquitlam. I really like these two hires. It's amazing, actually, how many current and, and just recently departed players are now junior A head coaches all across Canada. It's it's astounding. It's, it's really the way that it goes, man. Just guys give back and uh, – so the circle of lacrosse continues to evolve, Evan. Um, we talked about Poulin's 2,000 saves for the Roughnecks in the Swan. How about 
uh, my man, dangerous Dan Dawson here, Evan. 1,400 points in the National Lacrosse League. I believe he's either fourth or fifth all-time in scoring, but he's first amongst righties. Um, so that's that's what makes it maybe a, even a little more uh, astounding. And, and we had that discussion at one point. Why is it that most of the top ten are lefties? It's a very and, precarious I, stat, isn't it? That I is think very, the only thing that, yeah. I don't know. I think part of it is though is that if you're on you're on the the left side, you're seeing the ball more often. I, are you though? Are you? You probably you're, you're seeing it in a scoring position more often. I I I don't know, man. I, that doesn't make a lot of sense to me. I don't know why that would be the case. If that we can discuss that another day. Let's uh, let's just say this: the best right-handed box lacrosse player of all time just hit fourteen hundred points in the National Lacrosse League. We can agree on that. And did it against his former team. There you go. One of his former teams, anyway. Uh, two more things to cover here. We we, we mentioned it to, to Keegan Ball. We even teased it earlier in that. If you haven't heard by now, the Vancouver Warriors and the San Diego Seals are going to play an outdoor National Lacrosse League game on a runway in San Diego. This is about as cool as it gets. Well, first off, the players should now have no difficulty making it to the game because they could just, here, we're going to take a plane right here and we're going to go home, right? But, uh, <laughs> They're at the I, airport. I mean, <laughs> yeah, but this is quite the undertaking because not only do you got to close down a runway for several days to put the arena up and get everything ready and get all the stands in, you then have a whole bunch of fans coming on to a military base. Yeah, let's let's make that clear. This isn't going down at the San Diego airport. This is going down no. at the San Diego Marine military base. Right. And so the amount of work it's going to take, I, I got to applaud Steve Govett. I, when, the, when the idea of an outdoor game was, I was saying it's going to go to the arena just outside their normal arena. But, nope. And their force base, like, wow. Yeah, this is this is this is sports history about to go down. Like I remember a college basketball game going down on an aircraft carrier out at sea uh, four or five years ago. But I don't think this is it. Certainly never in lacrosse, and I don't know if in professional sports as a whole has some something like this taken place. This is groundbreaking stuff, and I can't wait to see it. And I don't know. Like, I know all the season ticket holders are invited. That might be the only way that you get a ticket to this game if you're not a serviceman or woman uh, or maybe a close personal friend of, of, of Mr. Joe Sy or Steve Gummett. I don't know. Reason we just need to go buy a season ticket in San Diego. Right? Well, hey. For the, for the free hotel rooms in Vegas and, you know. This, it's no. almost <laughs> worth it, man. Like, I'm not even joking. Well, if I could make it to both games, I probably would be picking up the phone by the season. Yeah, ticket. yeah, I I'm gonna make it to one, I think, and uh, I'm I'm still leaning Vegas, but this San Diego thing is gonna be about as cool as it gets. I can't wait to see how it plays out, and uh, they'll do that against our friends here from the Vancouver Warriors. So, uh, lastly, I want to end on this. Uh, I've talked about Soan Gill in the last uh, couple of shows, and his celebration of life will take place this Wednesday at the Burnaby Firefighters Club uh, out there in Burnaby from 1 to 5 p.m. at the Firefighters Club, and I'm expecting a massive turnout. I know uh, we had a chance to meet Sean Williams, the, the new president of the Canadian Lacrosse Association, the former president of the Saskatchewan Lacrosse Association after the game 
in Saskatoon this weekend. He's coming out, uh, and there's going to be people from across the country, and, and pretty much the entire BC lacrosse community is going to be there to celebrate the life and times of one Soan Gill, who is uh, you know, about as beloved as you're going to find as far as a lacrosse man goes. And actually a very nice tribute, too, on the uh, the game and, and on the BR feed. That's good. Uh, is that right off the, the top? Game. Because I haven't been back to, yeah, to, to watch it's that. Yeah, right so. off the top. Okay, so I'm going to yeah. I'm gonna go back and watch that pretty much right now because that is the end of Episode 58 here of Lacrosse Classified. Another jam-packed show. I know we go long here, folks, and uh, if you're breaking this up into two segments, God bless you. I just thank you for listening. And the way we look at it here, folks – if we feel like it's good content, we're going to go as long as we go regardless. So I feel like we're we're pumping out the goods here, Evan, and I don't want to cut it short just to kind of keep this thing around an hour. If we go an hour and a half, so be it. Like, that, that's kind of the way I feel. I'd love to get it down, but when you keep having good conversations and tough topics and things like that, it's going to take a while. And I hate to say it, we're going to get to some weeks pretty soon where there's going to be seven games going on that week. Oh, my goodness. Exactly. It's kind of like if we if we don't go a little longer, it's going to be, you know, here's the score, here's who scores a few yeah. goals, and that's about all we're going to say yeah. about the game. So, or we can just you know maybe maybe we, maybe we start cranking this thing out uh, a couple of times a week. Who knows? That that that's always a possibility. Anyways, we'll discuss that maybe next week on episode number fifty nine. Thanks for playing. Who you got? Thanks for listening to Lacrosse Classified. Thanks to our sponsors, Associated Labels and Packaging, the Vancouver Warriors, Stampede Tack and Western Wear, Pure Vital Labs, G. Wilson Construction, all for sponsoring the podcast here, Callum Crawford and Keegan Ball for coming on the program. Don't forget to follow us on social media. I am at PXP, the number four sports. Evan is at Shemlax, just crossed 1,000 followers. He's super happy about it. The show is at Lax Class or Lacrosse Classified on Instagram. And, of course, you got to subscribe to the podcast. Wherever you listen to your podcast, you can subscribe to Lacrosse Classified. I highly recommend that service. All right, that's it. Episode 58 is done. For the fastest game on two feet and for the creator, enjoy the games, everybody.